Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, January 30th. Can you believe we are all, we're on the cusp of February, which is very exciting. I'm already making Valentine's Day plans, you know what I'm saying? So very exciting. Uh, this year, it feels like it should be probably the second week of January, but it's definitely not. Uh, it, it's just going to be, we're, we're going, we're going light speed. You guys mock five and above it's, it's exciting. So today is episode 170. That's one seven zero of Elijah fire, which is very exciting. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did lots of relaxation, got to hang out with some good friends last night, celebrating Toby's birthday. Um, and we just, uh, yeah, super fun. So. Um, if you're watching on Spotify, you're listening on Spotify, you're listening to this on Spotify, and you notice that you're not following us there, that would do us a huge favor if you could hit follow um, on Spotify. So thank you in advance for that. Um, I also just want to give a shout out to Mariah, Illumination, Michael, my sister Jen. Um, you guys are all amazing. And I just value you guys' work, all your hard work. You guys are the best. So I so appreciate you guys. And then also... Big shout out to my favorite person on the planet, which is my wife, Lauren, who honestly, guys, she's uh, like, because I'm a verbal processor. So she's my sounding board a lot with stuff. Um, and uh, I often will run by potential guests by her as well. I'm just like, hey, check out this person. She's like, yes, yes to that person. So I love my wife. She's great. She's the best. So, all right, um, guys, I am always excited when this guy comes on the show because he's always got something great to share. Those who don't know who he is, he's an author, he's a prophetic voice, he's also a Christian YouTuber slash content creator. Um, and so let's give it up for my guest today, Troy Black. Troy Black, welcome back. Thank you for having me. That's all I yeah. said. I, I didn't say anything mean while yeah. I was muted. <laughs> You're like, uh, <laughs> Hey, dude, uh, I said backstage, but those who may have seen it as well, congrats on the new baby. It's baby number five. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we are so excited. Yeah. Five kids and we're still sane. It's good. Yeah. It's amazing. Praise God. It's a, it's yeah. a, that's a huge blessing. So, all right, man. Well, uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, Jeff. So this is what the Lord put in my heart. And it's a little crazy in some senses, not crazy, crazy, but you know, it's like, this, we're going to be talking about the, the Nephilim. Okay. So I am so unfamiliar with the study of the Nephilim in scripture and even some of the extra biblical accounts, you know, and I know some people have done like a huge deep dive. Yeah. The Lord asked me to talk yeah. about, yeah, yeah. The Lord asked me to talk about this. And so it's like, I, I did enough research to be able to share what the Lord gave me to share, mm -hmm. but this is not going to be like a theological case for one side or the other or anything like that it's just i'm gonna be giving some of what the scripture says and then and then god actually gave me like a prophetic parallel awesome uh, that goes along with it and i'm gonna be asking this question could the spirit behind the nephilim and behind the works of the nephilim in scripture still be at work today in the earth and i'm gonna be showing that a little bit but also showing in scripture where there's this this spirit behind uh, and i'm gonna be giving you the exact spirit I'm talking about behind it, all of, all of this stuff happening with the Nephilim, the giants, things like that, and how it's actually woven through scripture. And it has to do with the birthing process. So me and my wife obviously just had a child 
you know, we're very familiar with that process. We've had five kids, you know, it's like the idea of birthing a child into the world involves a lot of pain. And, you know, and, and sometimes it can involves a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, responsibility. It involves this process that's set up by the Lord. And I'm going to be showing how in scripture, the spirit behind the Nephilim tries to shortcut this process, mm. tries to shortcut the Lord's process of, of how God has set things up. So I want to jump into Psalms. This is Psalms 33 it's in verse six. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their lights. And then verse nine says, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord nullifies the plans of the nations. He frustrates the plans of people. So we see that the Lord, when he speaks, his 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 plan or his will is enacted. You know, God just speaks and it happens. Obviously, that's how the worlds were made. That's how the heaven, heavens were made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's literally just by God's spoken word. Yet at the same time, we see that the nations also have something to say. The people of the earth also have something to say. And when that does not line up with God's word, he nullifies it. You know, he's able to frustrate our plans or, or the plans of man. And then verse 11 says, the plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his own inheritance. So one of the things we see in scripture, we see this idea of the nep- Nephilim. So I'm not going to be taking a hard stance today. I'll share what my opinion is on it, you know, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to give, there's a lot of different views on what, what were the Nephilim? You know, some people, right. um, you know, hardcore believe uh, that they are the the offspring of fallen angels, right? And and so I'm going to read this verse real fast. Genesis 6, 1 through 5, it says, Now it came about when mankind began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful. They took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with man forever, because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward. When the sons of God came into in the daughters of mankind and they, bo- and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of mankind was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of the hearts was only evil continually. So based on what it says here, where it says the sons of God came into the daughters of mankind, that same phrase is used in Job, the sons of God, referring to when the angels come before the Lord. I believe that it's a pretty strong theological argument there. There's also other arguments on the other side. You know, some people believe that uh, the, the, it's loosely translated giants or fallen ones or mighty men. Some people believe it could be just men. They could It could be referring to powerful warriors. Jewish tradition typically believes them to be like a hybrid son of fallen yeah. angels. What I, the point I'm making today doesn't necessarily require one to be true, the other to be true. So I want I want to make that clear just in case we have some people listening from one side or the other. Sure. Yet at the same time, I believe there are some there are some theological points on both sides. You know, and my personal opinion is that yes, they the these were fallen angels. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, but that doesn't you don't have to necessarily agree with me to also get the points that I'm making. And right. here's here's the point: the spirit behind the Nephilim in scripture, but the spirit behind the giants in scripture. And, and the spirit behind uh, the the works of, of these people, what the what the word says, it says that the, the Lord saw the wickedness, it saw the mankind was, the wickedness was great on the earth and every intent of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. That means there was, there was no good there, right? Yeah. It, was, it was all evil. Mm-hmm. The spirit behind that, which essentially is like the anti, uh, you know, of, of God's plan, the anti of God's agenda on the earth, the anti of God's will for mankind is 
actually this, the same spirit is at work in the earth today, which we can see. But I want to show specifically how this spirit is attached to the birthing process and how the word of God being enacted is also attached to the birthing process. So one way specifically we see here is the Nephilim, you know, it says the, the sons of God came into the daughters of mankind. And they bore children to them. So we see there's offspring happening right away here. And along with the offspring, there is wickedness and there's constant, you know, evil intent in the heart. Uh, Jude 6, 6 says, it says the angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So a lot of people believe this is actually referring back to the Nephilim in, in, in the Old Testament. It could, it, it could be, um, especially if you take that viewpoint. But the idea here is that there, there were angels and we know that from Scripture, you know, with with no there's no argument on the other side that angels did rebel against God when when Lucifer fell. You know, and, and Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning, right? He took a third of the angels with him. Right. We see a great rebellion happening. So no matter how you see the Nephilim, there there was a, a rebellion that took place. And this verse could could potentially be referring to that as well. Sure. But what, what we see here is there's there's this abandonment of the domain that God has set up. And with that abandonment, you have to have when you abandon the plan or the strategy, you have to come up with your own plan, your own strategy. And if you don't care who gets hurt in the process, you're going to go for the quickest path to success, right? You're going to go yeah. for the shortcut, essentially. Mm -hmm. And the shortcut is part of the spirit behind the Nephilim. It's, it's, it's like this spirit of the shortcut, the spirit of this is the easy way to get what I want. When ultimately, when we do things God's way, we get what we actually need. And sometimes it feels like a harder process. Sometimes it feels like, Oh Lord, you're, you're, you know, this is not what I wanted, right? Yeah, exactly. Wants and needs. It's like a difference between wants and needs, and this don't always align, right? Yeah. But God is looking at what we actually need, and He's looking at the end result, mm -hmm. you know. And ultimately, the heart that wants what God wants is going to get what they want when they do things God's way, right? So it's like God's not just looking for us to get what we want; He's looking for us to actually, He's looking to actually transform our wants into his and God is, is altogether good. He's ultimately good. And so at the end of the day, when our wants become, when his wants become our wants, we want good things. Right. And we're, and that's, that is, that's the end result. That's where we're going to end up. So this is very interesting. Uh, we see that um, Genesis six, this is talking about, uh, you know, uh, the, this timeline where um, God comes to Noah and he says, Hey, build an ark. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to flood the earth. Right. And what we see is the, the, the ark there actually represents Jesus in a way now. So it's, it's, this, it's this like picture of Jesus being the ark where we see at the end times, Jesus is going to come back, the re, you know, the return of Christ. There is going to be a, a, a judgment on the earth. Yet all those who have found their refuge in the ark are not going to be affected by it, right? We, we, are, we are going yeah. to be saved the same way that Noah and his family were saved because they were righteous in God's eyes. And our righteousness obviously comes through Jesus Christ. But there, there's this, this shadow of the effect of everything that God, you know, when the flood came, everything that God was, was fighting against in that moment, there's a shadow of that effect at work. The, the, the spirit of the Nephilim is, is any work that's being born out of demonic influence. Hmm. So the birthing process takes a seed being planted and then it takes some growth. And then once something is actually born, then it can mature to, to, to its full potential. Right. Right. And so when God speaks a, a word, you know, like, uh, 
God, God speaks a word about uh, Jesus himself to Abraham. Yeah, Abraham didn't know what it was. All it was was a seed at that moment. God, God gave a promise to Abraham. And God said, you're going to be the, uh, the father of many nations. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. At that moment, it was a seed that was being planted. It was a word to Abraham. And then Abraham, by faith, took hold of that, mm -hmm. right? And there was this essentially a pregnancy that was happening. It wasn't just Abraham. It was his son and his son. And it was the generations of Israel that were looking forward to the Messiah. And then when Jesus comes, it says he's, he's born into the earth as a man. Another, another uh, interesting thing is that, you know, Jesus being born, there was this miracle that occurred with Mary being a, a virgin, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is born to a virgin because the word spoken needed a birthing process because there's this prophetic parallel between the birthing process of God's word being spoken to it being fulfilled and what, what God was doing through mankind, through mankind's belief in what God said. Mm -hmm. So we see that same miracle occurring uh, not the exact same miracle, but we see a birthing miracle occurring with Mary, but also with Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. It's the anti-thesis. It's the, it's the anti of what was happening with the Nephilim. Yeah. See, we see Abraham's promised a son. He's too old. God steps in and provides a miracle. Why? So that the word of God can be fulfilled. Same thing with Mary. The angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to bear a son. She's like, how can this be? Yeah, I'm it's a virgin. Impossible. Yeah. Right. And yet we see that this the faith of Abraham and the faith of Mary are tied to the spoken word of God. And then God's will is birthed out of that is God's will is birthed through that. Yeah. Now could, could God have promised that to someone else? Sure. Could God have done that through someone else? Absolutely. But God, God chose them because he knew they were going to respond with faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, this is what's really interesting is the devil comes along the word of God spoken. We see this in the, in the garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve, the devil comes along and he, he directly speaks against the word of God, or he causes us to question it because he knows that he doesn't want that seed to, to come to fulfillment, right? He knows he, he does not want this thing to be birthed that right. God has promised or that God has said garden of Eden. He says, did God really say, right? And listen, God set up the garden of Eden as, and he said, this is good. Right. This is good. It was natural. It was God's God's natural way of doing things in a perfect society, a perfect world that he created. And then the devil comes along and he brings something unnatural into the mix. And he says, look at that. Look at that fruit over there. You know, it, it, it looked good for eating. It looked like it would taste good. But there was an unnatural tendency to it. There was something that God had not set up in the laws of, of this world that he created. And it's that unnatural way of doing things that the devil pushes. And that's, that's the whole idea behind the, the, the spirit that's behind the, the Nephilim in scripture, the same spirit that is, work, as, is at work today. It's like this idea of like, hey, here's a shortcut, but the problem with the shortcut is it's unnatural. Yeah. So, so there's been something uh, that's been posted recently about like uh, these baby growing like tanks. You know, I don't know if uh -huh. you've seen that. I have, um, yeah. I've done a little research on it. Um, I'm not going to jump into that. If y'all don't know what that is, you can look it up. But I've done a little research on it. It's kind of what I, from what I found, if what the articles I've read are true, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a hoax because it's essentially with someone saying, hey, could this be true, right? It, it's, not, it's not something they actually have. It's somebody saying, hey, we, we have the technology. We think we could do this. But that was, that was it. As, far as, I, as, as long as the articles I was reading were true. But a lot of people pushed back against it because as they're reading the article, they're saying to themselves, 
there's something that doesn't feel right about this, mm -hmm. right? It feels unnatural. Yeah. But, but the whole purpose of it was to take the pain out. One of the purposes, take the pain out of childbirth. And there were other things they were saying, you know, other reasons they were giving, but that was one of the reasons saying, Hey, pain-free, right? But it's a picture of what the devil says. He says, you don't have to go through that process. Here's a pain-free out. Here's another way to do it, but there's something that's unnatural about it. And when we have the Holy Spirit, there's a check in our spirit that's going, something's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something not right here because it doesn't line up with the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. And that, what's so amazing is like when the when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we 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 have a personal relationship with Jesus. We we can see see these things clearly. You know, like like a lot of what's happening in our culture today, we can see clearly. There's something not right about that, right? Uh -huh, <laughs> like yeah. There's something unnatural about this, uh -huh. you know? And it's the same spirit that was at work there. The, the idea of uh, the, the, these, these offspring that weren't supposed to be, right? Because it wasn't part of God's plan. And we see the same thing at work uh, in the nation of Israel. So, you know, some people will look at like the, the history of Israel and they'll say, hey, God, God was being unfair to them because he said they couldn't marry outside of their culture, right? They couldn't marry these other... And again, same idea of marriage and offspring and the birthing process. Why was God so against them having children with people from other nations? It wasn't because God was being mean. It wasn't because God was being, you know, uh, ex exclusive or something like that. It was because God's plan was going to be enacted through the nation that he called his witnesses. Mm hmm and the, the, the children of Israel actually were, to God, in a sense, they were essentially the prophet nation to all the other nations of the world. Yeah, They were the mouthpiece of God to all the other nations of the world. And so as soon as they said, God, we're not going to do things your way, we're going to go this way, and we're going to add these other influences in, these other gods, these other religions, these other things, they, they suddenly became uh, a, a witness that was ineffective. You know, so that's why that was that was the reasoning there. God, God was saying, no, we have to keep this pure so that you can deliver the pure word that I've spoken. Right. And so that people can see that word fulfilled through the nation. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. that was the purpose of it. Well, and I saw this great quote today, actually, and it ties in perfectly with this. And I, I don't forgive me, people. I don't remember who said it, but it was something to the effect of one of the great lies of Satan or one of the great schemes of Satan is that he puts question marks where God put puts periods. Mm. And so you see this even throughout the, the, the history of the nation of Israel. Uh, I'm reading through first Kings. I just read through first Kings and starting second Kings now. And you see this a lot where it's like, it's like, especially after David, there were just so many Kings that like kingdom got fractured and so many Kings that just didn't, didn't uh, they brought in foreign practices and polluted um, what God intended to be holy. And it just caused all these issues. And it was because Satan put question marks where God put periods, you know, so you can see that carry out throughout all the entirety of the Bible. Absolutely. You know, and, and the problem was, and the problem still is today. And I really feel this from the Holy spirit right, right now. The, the thing that Satan is trying to uproot is he's trying to uproot our belief in what God has said and what the word, the way the word re refers to it is as a covenant, you know, God's promise to Abraham was a covenant to Abraham. God's promise to Moses was a covenant. You know, God's promise to uh, 
the world, the new covenant, it's, it's a covenant. There's a covenant that the devil tries to uproot our belief in. And that was, that's what God was, that, that's the, the reason, uh, you know, the Israelites were not supposed to intermarry with the other nations at that time was because God had made a covenant with the world through the nation of Israel. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And it was, it was messing with his covenant. Yeah. You know, it was messing with the promise. So the, the, everyone else was going to be blessed through the nation of Israel. And God was saying, no, don't do that because you're, you're, you're stripping the blessing, right? You're, you're hurt. You're hurting the growth and the maturity of the word that I've spoken. And, you know, sometimes we can make covenants by means outside of God's plan yeah, so that we can produce more quickly. And this is what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's, it's this idea of, you know, like the same way that they intermarried out, out out of the nation of Israel, you know, at that time, which which was what God had asked them not to do. It's like they had to backtrack after the fact, right? They had to they had to undo some things, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we make covenants or agreements or we start to follow a promise that wasn't God's promise. You know, it was it was the devil. It's like we have we have to backtrack. We have to say, oh man, I've gone down this road, and now I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. I've wasted time, you know, like, and, yeah. and obviously the grace of God is there and it's amazing. You know, like we're not going to, we're not going to have to uh, uh, un- undo so much that, that the grace of God can't cover it. Right. Right. But we see exactly your point. We see that the Kings that followed after God with all their heart, you know, the Kings like Josiah, David, Solomon, you know, for, for a while there, like a lot of them, it's like, the nation is is so blessed, even though they haven't seen the full blessing take place yet through Jesus, they're seeing a part of the blessing right then and there, right? But the rest of the time, it's like, man, bad, bad things would happen, right? When when they would break that covenant. Yes. And um, we, here, we see the same thing. This is a great example. The 12 Israelite spies in Canaan. So this is actually prior to, to the nation being, uh, you know, set up. It's when they've come out of Egypt and we see that... Uh, Moses sends the 12 spies into the land, the promised land, right? This is part of the promise. And Numbers 13.1 says, uh, uh, actually 13.2 says, and this is God talking to Moses, send out men for yourself to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm going to give the sons of Israel. You shall send a man for each uh, from each of their father's tribes, everyone a leader among them. So he sends a leader out from every tribe. And the reason is because, because collectively they represented their generation. They represented all of the people, all of the, the different tribes, every, every, every sector. And we see that two people return with, with a good report, believing the word that God had spoken. See, what, God's, what God had said was, he said, I'm, um, the land which I'm going to give the sons of Israel. Right there, when he said, go look, he said, he, he reinstated the promise. He said, I'm going to give you all, you all this land. And then they come back and they're like, oh, this is what it says, Numbers 13, 33. We also saw the Nephilim there. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were, and so we were in their sight. They see these giant people. Now, whether or not these are the same Nephilim as, as we saw earlier on, I'm not going to jump into that. But 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 there's a spiritual connection here with the same idea of these giants, you know, that were essentially fighting against the plan of God that they're going to have to go in and they're going to have to conquer, right? And they got they got afraid. And the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden when Satan said, did God really say? He's mm-hmm. speaking to them right here and saying, don't you see those giants? <laughs> did God really say he's going to give yeah, you this land? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Did God really say? 
And there's this process of them going into the land and essentially very similar to a birthing process where God didn't just give it to him. God didn't just say, hey, here's your promise land. You know, he said, you're going to have to fight some battles along the way. There's going to first there's going to be the first month of pregnancy, then the second month of pregnancy, then the third month of pregnancy. It's going to get harder along the way at times. Right. Essentially, like you're going to have to go in and you're going to have to defeat this city and then this city and then this city. And. I, I, I would love to I would love to read the account of if the children of Israel had always believed God faithfully 100 percent. Right. I would love I to thought, read that. Yeah, you know, I thought about like, that a lot. Oh, and yeah. then they plowed through the next the next, you know, army and then they plowed through the next one. And then God said, do this. And this amazing thing happened. And then God said, do that. And this, happened. you know, it's like. But at the same time, if they could read our stories, they'd be saying the same thing. Right. They'd be like, oh, I would love to see a version where you always believe what God had said. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like what if so, Jeff had said yes to that thing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. But it's 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 a picture for us, you know, where we can look at it. And I, I just love how, and I just feel this from the Lord right now, Jeff. I love how under the new covenant, this is not a oh man, I haven't done that. You know, like, oh, I've not been doing it. Oh, I look like the children of Israel right now. I look like the 10 spies that came back and you know and said, No, it's too much, they're too big, you know, there, there's no way we're gonna be able to do this. Under the new covenant, I love how there there is, and this is what I feel from the Lord, there's a joy in returning to God's way because we know that God doesn't hold anything over our heads. Hmm. And the here, here, I'm just gonna give the end away right right now. Okay. The the spirit behind the Nephilim in scripture, the spirit behind all of this, the rebellion against the Lord, it's the spirit of it's it's rebellious spirit, but it's also a spirit of taking the shortcut, the the easy route, the the your own way, essentially your own plan. Yeah. Let's say God gave us the greatest shortcut and it is Jesus coming to the earth and dying so that we could be righteous before him without having to earn it. You know, and that under the new covenant, God has said, Hey, here's the real shortcut, but it takes the same thing that he asked the children of Israel, the same thing he asked of Abraham, the same thing he asked of, uh, you know, everyone, every hero in the scripture, it takes us believing what God has said. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is Jesus has done all the difficult work work up front and it's it, it is a shortcut and it's not because it, it it costs you everything but it just takes believing. <laughs> well, in both both ways, you know, uh both God's way and your own way that they're going to cost you your life, right? Right. So, if I do things my own way, it's going to lead to death. But if I do my my things if I do things God's way, it's going to I'm going to have to die to myself and submit to his will, right? I'm going to actually, even, even me choosing to become a Christian, that old man dies and a new man lives, right? You're a new creation. So either way, it's going to be very difficult. And I've talked about this before on the show, sort of like, but even choosing like your own way or God's way, both are going to be hard. Both Mm. of them are going to be hard. The only difference is that one of them has a guarantee that you will become better. So if you're dealing with depression and anxiety, you go, okay, I'm going to go to crystals or I'm going to go to all these other things. It's, it's going, you're, you're going to, it's going to, it's like somebody being filthy in a, um, a mud pit and trying to clean themselves off with the mud, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but submitting to God and being, getting deliverance and, and healing, healing from trauma, those things are difficult. And sometimes we don't always want to look those things in the, in the face 
So you're guaranteed that it's going to be difficult, but you're also guaranteed that you will become lighter. That's what Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You know, my yoke is my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like we have these promises of a guarantee of a lighter burden, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and here's here's what's so cool about it is yeah, I'm definitely not promising there, there won't be difficulties. I'm not promising it won't be hard, mm-hmm. but when we come to the Lord, when we believe in Jesus, you know, Jesus refers to it as the new birth. You know, he says, unless you're born again, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can't even uh, be in the kingdom of God. You know, you right. must be born again. So that's that's the thing. That's the shortcut I'm talking about is that you're spiritually. Yeah, maybe my emotions need to be worked on. Right. Maybe my mentally I need some help from the Lord. Right. Maybe my actions and my habits, you know, the Holy Spirit needs to come in and convict me. He needs to start uh, sanctifying me, you know. God's going to ask me to do some things that I don't like. You know, it's like all these things, like I'm going to have to trials, tribulations. I'm going to have to walk through these things. But spiritually, when I've entered the new birth, God has fixed every problem in this in, in my spirit, man. He's fixed every problem from that stance. And now I get to start from that place of victory in the spirit. And that's where the yoke becomes easy and the burden becomes light. Because like, yeah. man, all these things Jesus has already conquered through his death and resurrection. And now I get to in by belief, and that's where the connection point comes in. Do I really believe, you know, that that what Jesus did for me actually brings me into the throne room of God? You know, do I really believe that what Jesus did for me actually uh, gives me the uh, uh, the worthiness to receive the Holy Spirit? You know, like to 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 for the Spirit of God to dwell inside of me. Like, do I like not me myself being worthy, but worthy because of what Jesus did? Right? Like, do I really believe that? that today, am I going to get up and I'm going to, am I going to say, because of what Jesus did for me on the cross, I am expecting God to move today. Now I may not get exactly what I want, right? But I know that I have a relationship with God based on that. And that's where I'm going to start from. And there's so much more victory in that place. And I can tell you this, every single time we start going down that path where we're like, you know what, I, I, I'm going to start getting up every day and I'm going to start believing that. I'm going to start reminding myself of the new covenant. I'm going to remind myself of what Jesus did. The devil's going to come back at that and be like, Okay, but here's another trial for you. <laughs> you know, like here's uh-huh, another here's yeah. another reason. Here's another reason to doubt God's goodness, to doubt the plan yeah. of God. And that is where we make the decision. Am I going to let the difficulty cause me to doubt? The same way the children of Israel says they saw the Nephilim, you're right? And they they were they're like grasshoppers. And then Numbers 14, 4 says, So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the devil's trying to get us to do today is to see the difficulty, to see the giants, and to say, let's go back, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get out of this depression, right? I'm going to be stuck here forever. Let's just go back to Egypt, right? And and you may not be out right now, but but the spirit of life that God is giving you through Christ Jesus is telling you you're going to be free. It's telling you you are free in Jesus' name. And yes, there there yeah. a lot of times there's practical steps of walking out that freedom. Sure. And there's, there's some freedom that needs to happen. But yeah. at the same time, it, the spirit of God is there saying, hey, I've done the difficult work. Jesus has done the difficult work on the cross. When we grab on to hold a hold of that daily, it's like his life literally lifts up us up into another place. And we're starting from a place of victory and a place of authority. Um, the, this, this is what Jude 1, 5 says. This is right before it talks about the angels uh, abandoning their proper dwelling, okay, that I read earlier. It says, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. So there's this idea of, and thank the Lord, we're not under the old covenant. We're not no, really we are not there. But yeah. there's this idea of they had this great deliverance, right? So so have we who know the Lord. And yet we 
are also asked to walk in belief after after that deliverance, right? We're asked to, you know, that was a picture of, of, of Moses delivering the children of, of Israel out of Egypt. It's a picture of Jesus delivering us, delivering everyone on the cross who, who would believe in him. But it says, we need to continue believing. We need to continue walking in that belief. And when we walk in that, we don't settle for less than God's best. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's settling for less, you know, and it's saying, nope, th- these giants are, t- are too big. So David facing uh, Goliath, similar issue, okay? He's, he's another giant. He's not specifically related to the Nephilim in Scripture. Some people can, can kind of show extra biblically how they believe he, he may be. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But the same spirit is at work behind the idea of Goliath, this giant, right? Most of the time in Scripture, we, when, when we see a giant, we see this, this spirit at work behind, uh, behind them. Goliath challenges the nation of Israel, God's, God's people, right? He, he uh, speaks untrue words about David and about God. As, as David's standing there, he's, he's, he's yelling these taunts at not just the, the children of Israel, but their God as well, right? Rebellious spirit, 100%. And then David actually uses the word inside of him to, to fight back against what Goliath is saying. So what, what, what do we see has happened to David up to this point? He's already been anointed by the prophet Samuel. He's already mm-hmm. been anointed. Now, it doesn't say that David thought back to that, right? Like, doesn't say that specifically. But I believe I, if I was in that, his shoes in that moment, I would have. You're right? like, I don't know, dude. Okay, but. But, but we yeah. see a revelation of God's power at work through David mm-hmm. and who he was in the Lord by him saying, hey, I've, I've, already killed, I've already killed a lion and I've already killed a bear. The same way I killed those, God's going to help me defeat you, right? He, he goes back to what is the revelation of God's work through his life that has already been revealed to him. You know, what's the word God's already spoken to him through his circumstances. And he's like, you know what, if God helped me do this, which he knew he couldn't do on his own, he's like, I'm going to have no problem with you because of the God that's with me. And, and, and the other thing that he, he uh, appealed to in that moment was, was God's uh, God's name, right? God's reputation. Mm -hmm. Like it's, that's exactly where David went. What has God said about himself? That's going to stand against this person that's saying, uh, these these evil things against the Lord. And uh, we, we see David says, um, you come at me with a sword, a spear, and a saber, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So he's appealing to the name of the Lord, the reputation of God and, God and God's people. He says, the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you and remove your head from you. Graphic. Then I will give you the dead bodies. Give, okay, so I'm not gonna read all that, obviously, but, uh, it, you know, kind of graphic there. It's war. But he says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will hand you over to us. This, this is something that I believe some people need to hear. Sometimes you have to speak the word that God has spoken to you until you start to believe it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know, you need to go back to the promise of God that that seed's been planted, you know, and, and, and there's a growth process happening, but you need to go back to it. You're, you're saying, oh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the birthing process take happen yet. I haven't, I haven't seen the fulfillment of this word yet. You have to go back to it and say, no, but this is what God said. Yeah. But this is what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, a few weeks ago, my daughter, Loralee, she's five years old. She, she came to Leslie one morning and she said, uh, and Leslie's just sitting there eating breakfast, right? And we, we're all waiting for the baby to come, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and she's nine months pregnant. And Loralee says, did, uh, did the baby come? <laughs> you know, she just wakes up in the morning. She's like, is the baby here? And Leslie's like, does it look like the baby's here? You know, like, no, she's not yeah. here. You know, and then the next morning she wakes up, she comes and she's like, is the baby here? 
you know? And sometimes I feel like we do the same thing with the waiting process with God. There's, there's a waiting process between when the word is spoken, the seed is planted, and even Jesus in scripture uh, relates the, a seed being planted in the ground, right, to the word of God being spoken. And there's a growth process that happens before it comes out of the soil, right? And, and there's, we, a lot of times we do that in the waiting process. We're like, did it happen yet, God? Like, I, I don't see it, you know? And we're so focused on what hasn't happened that we miss the, the process of, you know, it says, it says that Abraham grew in faith every single day. We miss the process that God wants to bring us through, yeah. where the word becomes so real to us and so true to us and so alive, you know, whether it's the scripture or what the Holy Spirit has spoken specifically to our hearts, you know, it's like it becomes so alive to us that we're, we're like, I'm not even going to question this anymore. I'm just going to remind myself of what God said. I'm going to I'm going to move forward. You know, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring the confirmations when I need them, but I am going to see this fulfillment take place. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, to use a, a visual, like if you are trying to learn how to, uh, if you're, you're trying to learn to, to build your balance, your ability to balance, it's all these teeny tiny muscles in your legs and everything. Right. And when you first start doing it, it's awful. It's like, mm. But it's the act of going, I know if I am consistent and I continue to do this, I will get stronger. I will stabilize. And it's the same thing with faith when we're walking it out, because I kind of want to back up a little bit to when you're talking about believing, um, you're talking about belief. And some people I know might criticize that and be like, oh, well, okay, so I just have to believe. It sounds like a fairy tale. But guys. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. Like you need faith. You need it. And sometimes it's just like, not even sometimes. I would say in my case, Troy, it's been the large majority of my life. I don't see things before they happen. I mean, yeah, I may like get a vision or I may get a prophetic word or I may get confirmation in the word. But when it comes to like your present moment whatever it is it's not going to align with something that god said is going to happen right or a, a promise that he has hey i'm going to take care of you i'm going to provide for you or i'm, I'm going to i'm a healer i'm going to heal you you know you might be dealing with physical ailments right now being like i'm not seeing that healing right now god i'm not you know um and and so it's interesting that this topic keeps coming up on our show um especially the tail end of last year and then a lot of, of, of January. And I know it's because we don't coordinate these things, right? Like right. we don't, um, I, I don't have the time to keep tabs on every single thing that any one of my potential guests is talking about and vice versa, you know? Right. And, and so it, it's obvious that God is, is trying to communicate something and successfully communicating it. Um, and it's this whole thing of like, Hey, continue to remind yourself of these things can remind yourselves of my promises mm -hmm. step out in faith and believe those things because you're not it's a, it, it, and it's always that like when i step out and i'm going to do something that satan's right there to start throwing those question marks you know over and over and over again and it's about what are we going to do with those do we know that do we know the areas that god has made a period in do we know those things so that when we actually are, are we equipping ourselves with those things, because you need to, when you're actually going out there 
and taking those big faith steps, you need to know what God's promises are. You need to know what he said about this current season that you're in. So important. Mm. So so good. That's so good. Yeah. I actually heard this from the Lord while I was preparing this. I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're not doing nothing. You're waiting and waiting is something. And then I heard him say, wait in faith and you will grow in faith. Yeah, that's good. See, it's so much better that we go, that we have a slow fulfillment of a word than a distorted one. Dude. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Yeah, man. It's so much better that it's slow, you know, than the, rather than yeah. the, the distorted version. You know, and, and yeah, sometimes, Jeff, what you're talking about is that idea of like, well, how do I know, right? Like, how do I know that I'm just supposed to have faith in this thing, right? Well, the Lord wants to confirm it, Absolutely. you know, through the written word, through prayer, through worship. When we go to the Lord, we say, Lord, I want to believe what you have to say. I want like, I, and I want to make sure not just, not just the word of God, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to make sure that I'm in line with your word, but not just that. But if, when you speak something to me prophetically, you speak something to my heart, whatever it is that relationally. It's like, I want to make sure that I'm hearing you and I'm in line with you. If you go to, if you have a question about it, you have a concern, you go to the Lord, go before the Lord, say, Lord, I'm not moving forward with this until I get confirmation. The Lord wants to confirm that. And, and you know, I think for some people, there's this idea of like, well, gosh, like <laughs> I may have messed it up, right? Like I may have messed up. I, I think I'm walking out of distorted fulfillment, you mm-hmm. know, but here's the, here's the amazing news. So did Abraham, you know, Abraham had an Ishmael, yeah, you know, before mm-hmm. he had an Isaac. And yet that didn't destroy the promise. It didn't mess up the promise. The promise still came. Yeah. It brought hardship. Yeah. There were repercussions for sure, right. but yeah. there, there, were, there were things that shouldn't have happened, but, and we see the same thing, the same, the, the same spirit that was behind the Nephilim, the idea of this shortcut mentality and this unnatural process. The Abraham, instead of waiting for the natural process to take place, Abraham and Sarah said, okay, we're going to do this an unnatural way. Right. In, in, in a way that wasn't according to God's plan, wasn't according to the way God set things up. And we see something come out of it that, that, that was distorted, right? Like not the person themselves, obviously, but the, but the plan, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what God had intended. It wasn't the promise that God had given him, you know? And I mean, obviously we see that, that, that same thing through every story in, in scripture and in, in our own lives when it's like, I, you know, like I, I didn't keep believing, you know, I, I went down this other path. The good news is Abraham still credited as righteous because of his belief yeah. in what God had said. And we still are as well. And we're still covered by the blood of Jesus. And the promise is still able to be fulfilled in our lives, which is just so amazing. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it's just it, it's the it's the pain. It's the pain of the birthing process that I think a lot of us don't like. Uh, yeah, definitely not. You know, I, I think, yeah, I've, yeah I, I've shared part of my own story. I know you probably could share very similar things, Jeff, you know, where it's like, why we're asking that question, God, why did you bring me here at this time in this season? Why am I still walking through this? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you look back later and you're like, wow, I, I, now I see what God was doing. Right. But every day God was asking me to, to remain faithful in this place that I, you know, technically there were some things I could have done. I couldn't change everything, but there's some things I could have done to change some, some things, you know, in, in some of the rough spots in my life. They would, would they have been good things? No, you know, but I, I could have changed some stuff. Right. But 
it wasn't God's plan. God's plan mm. was every day I had to go to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you, what do you still want? Do you still want me to be here? If so, I'm going to remain mm. in this place. Right. Mm. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's still, this is it, you know, and that's the waiting process. Um, we actually see uh, in, Gen- in Genesis 3.16, we see this prophetic picture where the, along with the response to man's sin, we see that uh, the, the pain of childbirth is actually multiplied. Genesis 3.16. So why, you know, it raises that question. Why, why did that happen? I believe it's because it now would be more difficult for the word God had spoken to be fulfilled. Hmm. There's gonna be a lot more pain in that process. And it's actually a small shadow of the pain that Jesus endured in order to birth the church when he came to the world. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was God saying, okay, now this word, now me saying it was, it is good. Like it's still good, but that goodness is going to have to come through my son dying now. You know, like mm. this is, this is going to have to, this is, we're going to take a painful route to get to now to get to what, what I said and what I, what I, what I spoke into existence, you know, and, and we, we see that same process, not just physically, you know, in natural oh, birth, yeah. but in every single life in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Mm. Here's the amazing thing is, you know, we, we've got we've got the Nephilim, we've got these these giants in scripture, we've got the the plans of the enemy, we've got this unnatural, distorted version of God's plan, right? And um, I mean, we we even they even have some things in like legends and stuff. And I want to be real specific about that, you know, being not not biblical, but being like a le- being a legend or a myth or you know. Sure. So could be could it be true? Maybe. You know, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. it's not in the word, and yeah. God has not sh- revealed that to me either. Um, but but they do have these legends about, um, you know, uh, many different cultures have legends of, about like uh, fallen angels or, mm-hmm. or gods or something like yeah, that com- coming and like, you know, uh, giving giving technology, things like that. And Not like- to open a can of worms, but they also have dragons as well, which is wild. Like when you look, start looking at other anyways, like that's a whole nother that thing. That is a can of worms. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> we were like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just interesting to see that. Yeah. Like, like giants, they have like. Yeah, continue. Well, my only point with that was that the, the idea is the same behind it, right? It's this idea of like, hey, uh, well, you know, let us intermarry with you and we're going to give you a shortcut, right? We're going to mm-hmm. give you this technology. We're going to help you build the pyramids. You know, like that's another that's another idea that people have. And it's like, yeah, we're going to help you with these things. But it's it's a shortcut mentality. You know, it's, it's saying, oh, here's an easier way to do this, right? And here's what's so amazing about when Jesus came to the earth. As Abraham's seed, you know, Abraham, the, the seed in reference to the word that God spoke to him, but also in his lineage, right? He was an inc- he was of an incorruptible seed, and I believe that's why we see the virgin birth. But when he came and, and when he died, he actually fixed the problem that caused the rebellion in the first place. He fixed the problem of, of mankind being distorted in many ways of, mm-hmm. of always having these evil thoughts, these evil intentions. And the, yep. and the real fix is, is, is the fix in the nature problem. You know, when suddenly Adam and Eve's eyes are open, they see the difference between good and evil. They're not perfect anymore. Right. Right. Sin enters their lives. God fixed that problem. Romans eight, three, it says for what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh. God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemns yeah. sin in the flesh. So yeah. there's this idea that it, the law, you know, that the a lot of people have that, well, if we just follow the law perfectly, 
you know, then um, then we're going to be right in God's eyes. Right. And the word literally says here for what the law could not do. It says mm-hmm. the, the law couldn't fix the problem. Right. Because it was weak to the flesh, meaning no one's perfect enough to follow it. You know, our flesh is going to fail us every single time. Right. But it says God did by sending his own son. And, and, you know, and Jesus says, unless someone's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is where the nature problem is fixed. It's, it's in this new birth, like I said earlier. But at the same time, it's, it's not just one, a one-time experience. This is a, a again, every single day, am I going to line myself up with, with the devil's shortcut today? Or am I going to continue this process of this is what God said. The uh, Holy Spirit, I need your help. You know, this is what the word says. I'm standing on that. Like I, I am under the new covenant. I am, I am righteous in God's eyes because of what Jesus did. Like, like every single day making that who we are now, like that's, that's who I am. And and that's, and whatever that process looks like for me to actually walk that out, I'm going to submit to that, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not always easy. Yeah. But man, Jeff, I, I can honestly say this for anyone listening, you know, there have been, there have been times where I, I, I wanted to quit, you know, like, like I didn't want to quit God. I wanted to quit the things that God was telling me to do, <laughs> you know, like I wanted to quit yeah. like so bad. And those times are the times where, when I've reached out to the Holy spirit and I said, Holy spirit, I need your presence. I need your help. I need your voice. He's gotten so close, so yeah, near man. in those times. Yeah. And it's, it's like, man, I, I don't have the strength to even believe today like the man talking to Jesus, he said, I do believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't have much belief here. I got a little bit, right? In those moments, then the Lord steps in and says, yeah, I see, I see that. I see, I see that smidgen of faith. That's, that's enough. I see that mustard seed. That's enough. Let me help you the rest of the way. You know, let me, let me help you get there. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. Yeah. He builds us up in faith on the inside, you know, so that we can actually walk by faith. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, man. Because it's not, yeah, I mean, what you just described, uh, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people um, and it, that's very common. Like anybody who's following, doing the hard stuff, they don't have to be in ministry. They can be whatever God has in front of you to do. And it's big and it's bigger than you. And there's this absolute acknowledgement every single day that whatever it is that you're embarking on is so much bigger than you. The temptation to quit is high. It is. You're not always going to be like, oh, you know, like oh, we there, there's this big lie that I think we're sold a lot. And, you know, maybe I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, I know there's some people out there. There's this big lie that we're sold that says. In order to know that you are in the center of God's will and that you are going after it is it's going to be easy and it's going to mm-hmm. be light and it's going to be. No, it's not, because a lot of times you're faced with. All the all the stuff inside that that is still needing to be refined and is still needing to be, you know, because you're put in these positions where those things get exposed. Right. And um, and, and it's about what you do with that. If you go, oh, forget it. No, nope. I just kind of want to do my own thing, God. I this is too hard. Like I just kind of want to I, I I still want to serve you, but I don't want to do this, you know. Um, but I always remind myself when I feel like that, uh, because I do. Um, that this is exactly what I prayed for. I prayed for being in alignment with him. I prayed for Mm. him to use me 
And then he presented these opportunities to do this or that or whatever it may be over the course of my life. Um, and that he is going to, um, I'm always, I always go back to first Corinthians 10, 13, actually, which says, no, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God who is faithful, uh, will, will provide a way out so that you can stand up under that, that temptation, whatever it is. Wow. Um, cause he's, he's good. He's good. And he's faithful. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's that verse, you know, that talks about how. Um, Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy above his companions because he loved righteousness and he hated wickedness. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times when we hear that I love righteousness, it, we, we have this like dull mindset of like, Oh man, that means I have to love like being just, you know, like, yeah. dull, like, or something right. like that. It's not true at all. Loving righteousness uh, under the new covenant for one thing starts with us loving what Jesus did to give us righteousness, you know, like looking mm -hmm. at what Jesus did letting, letting our actions flow out of that, you know, he loves us. And then that's why we love, that's why we love God. And that's why we love other people. That's why we're obedient to the Lord, you know, but it also says that he was anointed with joy. So yeah. in that place of that's the, the decision moment, uh, he loved righteousness. He hated wickedness. It's, it's looking at what's the devil offering me. What is God offering me? I love what God is offering me. That's what yeah. I'm choosing to love right now. And then there's an anointing of joy that takes place. So I want to pray, Jeff, if that's okay for those listening, because I really feel this from the Lord, that the Lord wants to remind his people, his saints of the anointing of joy that he has yeah, for that's them. that's really good. Because that really is yeah. where the easy, you know, we've been talking about how the, the, the yoke being easy doesn't mean everything we do is going to be easy. Right. The yoke being easy means when we're faced with that trial and it's the hardest thing we've ever had to walk through and we're, we're in, in our room with the door shut, on our face before the Lord crying out to God, yeah. this joy comes on us where we're like, okay, mm. Lord, now I can get up. Yeah. Now I can keep going. Mm, you know, on. that that's what the Lord is talking about. Yeah, that's good. And listen, that joy is contagious. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you always have a smile on your face. You're not always, but sometimes it means that, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, I can't even help myself. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to smile because the joy, I can feel the the joy of the Lord. Yeah, Have you ever great, seen man. that movie, uh, Chariots of Fire, uh -huh. where uh, Eric Little said, he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Yeah. You know, I, I feel the pleasure of the Lord. Listen, I used to run track. It does not feel good. It hurts <laughs> so bad. You, my yeah. stomach afterwards would be like, <laughs> feel like it's bleeding, right? It's like, oh, this is painful. But later on when I, you know, and I hated it when I ran track, but later on, when I would be stressed out, you know, and I would, I would go and I would go for a run, like, like when I was, you know, married and just starting to work and, and figuring out life and stuff. And I would go for a run, not just to run, but to spend time with the Lord. Suddenly I understood what he was talking about there. You know, he, he had this, uh, th this, uh, purpose from God to run. Like that's one of the, re the reasons God made him was to run. And when we're walking in the purpose, God gives us not by ourselves, but we're going out there to, we're, we're walking in it to be with him. You know, we're doing it with him. This joy comes on us and we get to feel God's pleasure in that moment, yeah, you know, not good. just in that moment, but it's like, it becomes a lifestyle of the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the joy mm -hmm. of the Lord is like, it's something I always get to have because it's a fruit of the spirit. And the spirit is with me, the spirit of God. Some of us, I, I really feel this from the Holy Spirit right now. Some of us just need to hear the Holy Spirit remind us that we're his children mm. and that he's a good father. Yeah, that's good. And, and that because of that, we get to have his joy. Mm. It, it gets to be, you know, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, right? 
Joe, what, what do you see? Eating, eating and drinking and being merry, right? Or all together in scripture, this idea of like, let's sit down, let's have a feast. Let's, let's sit together. Let's talk. Let's have a good time, right? This idea of bread, the word of God spoken through the Holy Spirit is a good time. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's, a it's a refreshing that you can't find anywhere else. It's a yeah. life. It's a, it's, a, it's a source of life you don't get from anything else. So I want to I pray for those listening. Holy Spirit, I ask that you remind every person listening right now of your goodness, your grace, what Jesus did for us on the cross, what it really means for us. But Father, also that you would just pour out the, your love for every person in their hearts through the Holy Spirit right now. And I ask for the anointing of joy to, to, to fall on people right now through the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would remind people of not just uh, the, 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 the promise that you've spoken, Lord, but the good things, the good uh, things that you've done, even through the trials, God, even through the waiting process, Lord. Ooh, the, the purposes that are being fulfilled, even during the difficult times. Yeah, I just hear the, I hear the Holy Spirit saying right now uh, for, for many people listening there, you're, you're in a difficult season. You're in the waiting process. You're, you're in the, the pregnancy season, essentially there, you know, there, there, there's, there's pains with that, right? There's pains with, with seeing the, the word potentially being birthed. But I, I hear the Lord saying there's people you're affecting and impacting in that season that you're not going to see. You're not going to see the results until either a lot later or in, until you're with me, I hear the Lord saying. It, I hear the Lord saying it's making a much bigger impact than you realize. Mm -hmm. This is for many people. If the Holy Spirit is confirming this to you, grab onto it. If this is for you. Thank you, Lord. There, there's a, uh, I, I'm getting this image um, from the Lord of like a, a canal or a waterway, right? Where the water is supposed to flow one direction and the, the doors have to be open. The, 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 whatever it is, the dam has to be busted down, whatever it is, this thing has to be moved so that the water can flow. And, I, and anything, this is what I'm getting right now. Anything that the Lord is bringing to your mind, if there's something where it's the Lord saying, that's the thing, that's it. You know, that that's the thing that's stopping you from experiencing my joy daily. Just give that to the Lord. It doesn't have to be a long process. It doesn't have to be, it, it, this gets to be a joyful thing. If, if the Lord's saying, hey, there's this belief pattern, there's this thought pattern. There's the, like for some people, I hear the Lord saying, some people just believe that they are not enough. The Lord is saying, you're my child. I die for you. I, I gave you your value on that cross. I hear the Lord saying, I want you. I want you in my family. There's, there's this other, uh, another part of that picture of like opening the, 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 the floodgates, right? Breaking the dam, letting the water go through is, uh, and one other thing that needs to happen, I believe for some people listening is that for some of us, the water's flowing, but man, we're fighting it. We're, we're in our rowboat and we're going the opposite direction. And I, I just hear the Holy spirit leading me right now to encourage you to let, take your hands off of those oars. Just let the Holy Spirit move you. Go move with the flow of the Spirit. Sometimes you just have to step out in a, a silly faith, a silly faith where you're like, I feel foolish. I feel silly, but I know it's the Holy Spirit. If you know it's His voice, step out, step out in faith. Let it go. Let the Lord work. There's going to be so much joy that follows that. Lord, I just thank you for an anointing of joy right now. Yeah for the moving of the Holy Spirit on people right now.
I also hear the Lord saying this, it's by my grace. For some people asking that question, well, what do I need to believe in daily? Believe in the grace of God. Start there. Let that be your, your access point. It, it, we come boldly before the throne room of grace. When you start there, you believe the grace of God is enough. Man, God can do anything after that. Anything that needs to be corrected, the Holy Spirit wants to, to, to correct, and He can do that gently and lovingly. Anything that God wants to encourage you in, God can do that, but it starts with the grace of God. You saying, I believe that the grace of God is by grace and through, through faith that I have access to my Father. I believe it's enough for me today. It's sufficient for me today. Grace is unmerited favor. Who, man, I really feel the presence of God on that. It's unmerited favor that God gives to people because of the way that he made through Jesus Christ. Ooh, I hear the Holy Spirit saying the anointing is falling on people right now. Mm. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you touch your people right now. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're just so grateful for who you are, for what you've done. We're so grateful for your presence, Lord, for your spirit. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Mm. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen, man. That's good. Really good. Yeah, so let people know, guys, uh, you know, you can write, if if you're really impacted, you can write Troy personally. Um, you know, what's a good way for people to do that? Yeah, um, so uh, commenting on any of my videos is a good way. I look at most of the comments, Facebook. Um, I also have a website, uh, and I typically don't give my email out just because I get so many emails. Yeah, I man, that. I get it. Yeah, I get hundreds of emails and I just don't have time to respond to everyone, um, unfortunately. Um, but I really do try to respond to comments when I can, especially uh, especially when they're very uh, personal. So um, but also, yeah, um, man, thanks again, Jeff, for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, it's, it's a pleasure. It's, yeah, it's a pleasure to, to be on here with you yeah. man, and yeah. to be able to share and stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. So people can go to your YouTube and they can subscribe there. You have a couple of different YouTubes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> so what you could do, guys, is just go to the link in the description to Troy, or you can type in Troy Black. And under your channels, right, if you go to the channels tab, there's a bunch of different ones there, right? Yeah, you'll see the suggested channels. Yeah, and you can find one that tickles your fancy, you know, and be like, oh, there we go, that one. <laughs> so Troy Black, man, thank you so much. This was great. This was really, really good. A really great reminder. Um, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, man. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Monday. Join us tomorrow, which is Tuesday. And we're going to have Andrew Whalen back. So it'll be a great time with him. And uh, also there's a donation link at the end, ElijahFire.com slash donate. Every single time you donate there, we take a portion of that. Obviously, we fuel this machine five days a week um, and keeping it free. 
Uh, but then we also take a portion of every donation and we are funneling it into the water well efforts in Uganda and Ethiopia and Nepal and on and on and on. It's going to keep expanding. So uh, we're completely transforming people's lives uh, and it's because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. We love you and we will see you tomorrow, Tuesday, with Andrew Whalen. God bless you guys. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.